Welcome into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. But uh, you know what? If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, we're going to talk about it. We're going to just come on here and guffaw and and chatter and uh, chortle. And uh, yeah, we're going to do that every single day. My name is Jay Kyle Mann. I have a website called The Dime Drop. Uh, and I'm joined, per use, by... Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. I like it. I like it. I like that you're settling into your, your skin. We're, we're getting there. We're slowly getting there. What you up to, bud? Not much. Just uh, uh, had my... Uh, I'm in the middle of my week sort of refreshing my brain by taking off from writing. And I, for the first time in many, I think years maybe, I went to a matinee movie today. Ooh. And it's it is an excellent movie that I can recommend to everyone. It is called The Peanut Butter uh oh crap, what is it? The Peanut Butter uh Oh, I've heard about it. It's the uh it's the Falcon Sh- Shia LaBeouf movie. Yeah, The Peanut Butter Falcon. I was like, "Oh, this is the greatest movie ever. I can't even remember the name." The Peanut Butter Falcon. Uh yeah, Shia LaBeouf uh is sort of this grifter who uh, befriends a kid uh, not kid, 22-year-old guy who has Down syndrome, whose family's gone, and so he's living in an assisted, like an elderly home, and he wants to be free, and he wants to be a pro wrestler. So he breaks out, and he's on the loose, and these two like become buddies. And huh. it's a really like, kind of fantastic movie. Yeah, uh, I've heard I'd never heard anything about it. about it, but I just like was looking for something to watch, and it had like 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, and now I get it. It's a feel-good story, right? Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, if you if you need a movie to go see and feel happy when you leave and feel good about humanity that's the one yeah i, need, I, need I needed that. that this week it was great <laughs> it was i mean it was really great uh and then i came home and resumed my household chores that i'm knocking out this week i've cleaned out a garage a storage unit and see for was- you for you i don't even think they should be called chores because you like it you derive satisfaction <laughs> from this stuff which is that's so true. bizarre i don't understand how many uh, how many women would love to have uh, Kyle Tucker just as as a house husband? You know his personality and all that stuff. <laughs> all you the don't neighbor, want all the neighbor ladies in the neighborhood just want to borrow me for for no reason other than to clean their home. Yeah, uh, they're bringing in pies and stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'd say. Can you, can you declutter my closet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For once, that's not a euphemism. They really mean <laughs> it. With Kyle. Can you organize my <laughs> shoe closet, so yeah, to speak? I, I mm. love the uh, the matinee movie, man. That's uh, and also, I I think we're both on record as having said uh, the movie alone. I oh, I yeah. enjoy it. I prefer it. I mean, it's no offense to my wife or anybody else, but like, unless it's like a like like I'm trying to think of movies I like to see with other people. Like Guardians of the Galaxy was were like fun movies to see with friends that's an event be, yeah you could be kind of rowdy and probably like the marvel movies but most movies i would rather not talk to anybody i would rather go when nobody else is really even in the theater and just like kick back and uh just like feel like i'm watching on a giant screen by myself so i've always i have always my whole life like that before i like had kids I, and before i got married i would go to the movies multiple times a week by myself and i was very happy to do it me too. I've always enjoyed that. You know what's something that's funny? I always make fun of you for going soft, but if I go see a movie by myself, I would say I'm 85% more likely to get misty at a, at a movie. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> I'd be like, what? This isn't a sad movie. What am I doing? Uh, there's just something <laughs> therapeutic about seeing movies alone. I don't and know. Crying. And yeah. also, you, 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 are, you come out with a more 
untainted. You see a movie with a group, sometimes you'll feel your your opinion on the movie, I feel like, can be group affected. Think. We talk about it all the time. Yeah. yeah. And my wife will always look over at me and go, are you crying? Or she like wants <laughs> she wants me to be crying like so she can make fun of me. So I, you know, suppress those feelings. But oh. sit alone in the dark and weep. is It's a good, it's good for the soul. Right, and we've 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 said nothing about Kentucky sports in the first eight minutes or whatever. Ah, who even cares, man? It's okay. It's all right. There's you know we're here to help people with their lives. Yeah, go see that movie, The Peanut Butter Falcon. It's really good for sure, for sure. So today we're going to talk a little bit about football recruiting, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about basketball recruiting, and then we're going to do some football over unders. You know, you know, because you got to do those. Uh, Why don't we? Why don't we start with the over-unders? You want to do that? Yeah, yeah. let's do that. Um, so everybody knows it's Kentucky, Mississippi State. Mississippi State, a pretty significant favorite. What was it like? Did it open like eight and a half? Yeah, it uh, did. At home. Uh, the home team in this series has won every game since 2014, I think. Um, and so um, we talked about that a little bit yesterday, and Kentucky's gotten pounded a couple times. Um, but these are totally different teams, especially now that Kentucky's got a different quarterback and, and Mississippi State's got a couple different quarterbacks they're trying. So we'll go through those guys first. Uh, the first one I'll set is Sawyer Smith turnovers uh, plus minus one and a half. I thought you were going to say five. Um. No, no. I think <laughs> we've set it at a reasonable number. You think you'll have less than two? I think he'll have two. So okay. I'll say over. I'm going to say under. Um, because he wasn't a big turnover guy uh, at Troy, and I think there were a couple sort of extenuating circumstances, maybe some nerves. I mean, I guess it's it won't shock me if he comes out and has three or four, but he had, to, to sort of set the stage here, he had four against Florida. He had three total touchdowns and four, tu- four total turnovers, fumbled one snap, threw two re- pretty legit picks, uh, and then one that was the Hail Mary at the end that to me doesn't even really count, but he does it did have four turnovers. The snap was like, that was like what first snap of the game for him or one of the first, it was, it early. was early. Yeah. Game, it was, but it was early first it was, series. It was right after the Florida turnover. I think it was, yeah, they traded fumbles. It was like pretty close to immediately, but yeah. Yeah. Was, so, um, you know, I think you probably can cut that one out. I think he's a smart kid, so I just I think with more time and Eddie Grant seemed really confident of this, like that he just he'll play play smarter and recognize that like the defenses are a little quicker now <laughs> that he's seeing than maybe the ones he saw at Troy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he'll make the adjustment immediately, but I'm going to go ahead and bet the under on that one. Um, and so we switch to the Mississippi State quarterbacks, and I'm going to say quarterbacks plural because we really don't know who or how much each of those guys will play. They have a senior. Tommy Stevens, he grad transferred from Penn State, followed his uh, former coach uh, from Penn State to uh, Mississippi State, Joe Moorhead, uh, and then the freshman, Garrett Schrader, and he's the one who got helicoptered, apparently not injured. Tommy Stevens, the senior, who was not helicoptered, is injured. He'd gotten banged up on his shoulder in the previous game, and he's kind of day-to-day, basically. Um, so there's two options there. There's a, a senior who's played, who played kind of sparingly at Penn State uh, and is hurt, and then a freshman who got spun around like a top in the last game. I'm going to say over under 200 passing yards total for the Mississippi State quarterbacks. Um, cumulatively together? You, yeah, yeah. Saying? just the um, Mississippi State as a team. 200 plus minus 200 passing. Oh, man, I guess it really depends on what what you – because last year – last week was eye-opening, I think, for, for Kentucky's secondary, what yes. was available. Um, and I really – 
it, I guess it depends on what Stoops. Are they going to just try to live with that? Or are they going to try to fix that? What What are they going to do? Because, um, you know, are they going to just keep trying to lean on stopping the running game? Uh, I feel like it probably will be over. Um, I'll just I'll just stick with the theme and I'll say slightly over. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough for kind of what the reasons you say. You just one, I mean, you don't know what to expect out of these quarterbacks. If this was a guy, a proven quarterback, I'd say 100% over. Uh, Kentucky ranks 101st in pass defense. They've given up 300 twice in a row. Eastern Michigan, including Eastern Michigan, got kind of lit up. And there were some extenuating circumstances in the way they were playing, but lit up by the backup quarterback at Florida. Um, But I'm going to say over as well because I think they'll just sell out to stop the run and there's going to be some pass plays that break behind them. Mm -hmm. Um, And that leads me to the the next over under. Kylan Hill is a junior 5'11", 215 running back for Mississippi State. Sort of a like maybe unheralded guy in his career now. He's up to uh, 1,500, almost 1,600 yards rushing, averaging six yards a carry in his career. Um, And he is one of the top backs in the SEC so far, production-wise, 431 yards in three games, 6.6 yards a carry this year. Um, Kentucky's been really good against the run, um, so over under 100 rushing yards for Kylan Hill. He's averaging like 140 a game. Oh, man. I want to say over again. Um, I'll, I'll mix it up and just say slightly under. Kentucky's had pretty good success what did uh what did florida's uh, i'm blanking on his name again uh michael perine P- P- ryan uh what did he end up finishing with i don't know what he finished with but that was one of the points i was gonna make is if uh, they're at kentucky actually in the sec rankings is kind of far down the list in run defense but if you take away that 76 yard florida touchdown run on what was like an all-out blitz for kentucky just trying to get the stop to have one last shot Mm-hmm. Uh, which was really fluky. I mean, uh, they didn't sort it's, of straight up give up a 76-yard touchdown. It's adding take, noise to the stat, to the, yeah, to the numbers. Yeah, if you take that yeah. one stat away, they go from like 11th in the league to 5th in the league in rushing Whew. defense. So they're take that one away, and they've only given up 97 rushing yards a game total. Um, they've been pretty good at the point of attack. I, I'm going to say under there uh, as well. I think we're on the – we're. We're uh, well. No, we were we differed on Sawyer Smith, so we're good there. Uh, and then the last one, and we're gonna have to move on. But I like this one. We're gonna probably revisit many times. This person, Ahmad Wagner, first downs produced, and that could be by flag or catch. Three and a half. Um, I'll say I'll say under. I I would I would like to see them. It it almost feels like they're using him as uh as sort of a a bailout. You know what I mean? Like it, I don't I, it almost feels like they're not aggressively targeting him uh as much pardon the pun for UK football but uh as much as they could. But I'll say I'll say under. I'm going to say over. Uh he's averaged right around 4 first downs produced per game so far this season. Uh I think he's got 14 he's 14 of 14 on targets this year. Uh uh, 17 of 18 so far in his career. I think of the 14 this year that were positive outcomes, either personal, uh, either drawing uh, penalties or catches, 12, I think, of those went for first downs. A couple, couple catches short of the sticks. Um, by the way, he's second in the SEC in yards per catch. Nine catches for 198 yards, 22 yards per catch. Absurd. Um, you know, and plus every then every foul he's drawn is a is a personal foul, fifteen yards. I mean, he's just an automatic chain mover. 
Um, so I'm going to say he's he has at least four first downs produced in this game. I'll take the over. So we're different on a couple. We'll circle back to those next week. Yeah. Does any team out there have a six seven corner that they could uh, <laughs> <laughs> that runs a four four forty that they could put on the mod that's wagon? Your best hope. That's. I think we're just going to see them target him more and more and more. I mean, at yeah. this point, it's even the coaches have to recognize it's not an accident. It's not a fluke. Nope. Like throw it up. It's not going to get intercepted. The worst thing that's going to happen is an incompletion, but 99% of the time it's going to be a catch or a flag. I think you you take those odds all the time. Kentucky football, it's not a fluke. I'm going to tell you about Grassroots Pharmacy. It is a locally owned, independent pharmacy looking to change your idea of what a pharmacy is supposed to be. They place a strong focus on nutrition, supplementation, and alternative therapies like CBD oil. Their pharmacists know there's nothing more important than your family's well-being. And they're going to take the time to get to know you, explain your medication, answer any kind of questions that you might have, and they accept most insurance plans, including Medicare. They are located at 2304 Sir Barton Way over they're in the Hamburg Pavilion, and they're located at that four-way stop next to the Best Buy on the parking lot side where Regal Cinema is. They're open Monday through Friday, 8 to 6 p.m., Saturday, 10 to 3 p.m. It's grassrootspharmacy.com, and you can reach them at 859-263-1382. All righty, so there's some football stuff going on. We got sort of a recruiting grab bag, I guess, to, to kind of go through here, right? Uh, did, was there was that the next thing you wanted to talk about? Was yeah. The, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's kind of some big stuff happening, like well, continuing to happen for Stoops and company. They've had they're off to this great start in recruiting, maybe their best class yet. I think they're 22nd nationally uh, in the 247 team recruiting rankings, and couple couple big kind of movements this week. One being Vito Tisdale. I think the top uncommitted player, top three player in the state um, from Bowling Green High School. He's a 6'1", 200-pound safety, four-star kid by 247. Um, he put out his final four, and that is uh, impressive. Again, This like when I talk to people about what's changed about Kentucky football recruiting, it's not, so, not as much about star rankings as just who else they're competing with to get these guys. The final four is Bama, Georgia, Texas A&M and Kentucky. And he cut his list to this four right after visiting Kentucky. Um, and Kentucky is widely considered to be the favorite. I think on the crystal ball, there's 12 picks and nine of them are for Kentucky at this point. You know, Oklahoma at one point was thought to lead for this kid. Louisville has obviously recruited him hard. Uh, neither of them even make the final four. Um, you know, and, and they need help in the secondary and to get it, if you could get it from in-state. If you look at this year's team and, and last year's team and the success of it, a lot of it was built on having getting all these really good players in the state that are good enough. There aren't a lot of them, but that are good enough um, in the state to play at the SEC level. Drake Jackson, the center, Landon Young on the uh, left tackle, um, Cash Daniel uh, at linebacker, all you know elite guys from in the state, and it matters to them. Um, so this would be a pretty big get. You know, for that reason and because of who you would be beating. I mean, legitimately beating out Alabama and Georgia for for a kid. Yeah, it seems like he is uh, sort of a do-everything. Well, you see this a lot, I guess, with these great athletes that kind of play. You know, because if you're playing corner and you're you're getting these kinds of offers, the odds are that you could do most anything on a high school football field to a certain extent. Uh, He also kind of looks like Kyrie Irving, doesn't he? A little bit? A little Uh, bit? 
maybe. Face shape? Yeah. yeah, I think anyway. He's got long hair. I think he wears it up in a bun. Well, I just mean his face shape. It, it, it's irrelevant, you know, as most things I say are. But he, I was watching him and he kind of had that, uh, I always think of, I tell the story sometimes, but I always remember seeing Champ Bailey when he played for Georgia Oof. when they came to to uh, Commonwealth back in the day, and he basically just did everything other than call the plays and drive the bus. I mean, he literally did everything on the football field. He's an field. unbelievable college player. Yeah, he was incredible. Even as a kid, I was just like, "Hey, Dad, that guy's really good." <laughs> and it was like it was <laughs> yeah. Champ Bailey, but yeah, and and uh, inc- impressive that Kentucky's. You know the player development is is a reason that that number twenty two ranking feels a little, you know, twenty two in, in basketball would be like yeah you had a good year, but in football, especially with the player development, um, mm-hmm. you know you gotta you gotta feel pretty good about that uh, if you're a Kentucky football fan. Yeah, and the, you know right now um, they've got four or five star commitments um, from at least one of the majors ranked four or five stars from one of the major services from. A defensive tackle, Justin Rogers, two defensive ends, Samuel Anale uh, and uh, Trayvon Ribka. Hope I'm saying their names right. Offensive tackle from in-state, John Young. The quarterback from in-state, Bo Allen, again, that in-state thing. And the running back, Juton McClain. Um, so that's what, one, two, three, four, five, six uh, guys who are four or five stars. Vito would make uh, seven. And then the other guy we were going to talk about, um, R.J. Adams, uh, visited Kentucky for the Florida game and then immediately decommitted from Penn State. And he's a four-star by rivals offensive guard, uh, number 12 at his position in the country, um, number four player in the state of Virginia, huge uh, kid, 6'3", 309 as an offensive guard. Um, you would think that bodes well for Kentucky. And that's, a you know, we talked about the lines, upgrading the lines, how critical that is and how much you could see that show up you know, when you started thinking, man, they look just better than Florida, that was a lot of, of offensive and defensive line play. Well, this class, they've got three, four, or five-star defensive linemen committed. Now they're working on a, a third. This would be their – they have another offensive lineman that I think at least by one service is a four-star kid. They'd have – then if R.J. Adams picks them, that's three high-level, you know, four-ish star um, offensive linemen in this class. That is just across the board saying – we're going to, you know, we're going to be elite on the lines. And that to me is just, there's not a, a single more important thing, maybe other than quarterback um, to, to live, to live well in the SEC. Right, right. It's basically the, uh, the thing that keeps the ship afloat, you know, because once the water starts getting in, you start talking about that pressure that comes on the quarterback, like uh, you're lucky, you're glad that you have that this year when you've got a backup quarterback coming in, especially a guy who seems to have some pocket competency like uh, Sawyer Smith. Uh, I was listening back to myself. I kept saying Sawyer, like S-O-Y-E-R. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so it's it's a good thing. It's good. Uh, let's take uh, let's take one more break and then we'll finish up with some uh, basketball recruiting. So Kyle, in one of your in some of your uh, studies for your other job, your primary job, uh, breaking down basketball video, you happened upon, and I think by accident, uh, some stuff that you liked about a, a, a Kentucky target, not, not the subject of your research, uh, but Isaiah Jackson, who probably right this moment is the next closest thing to, to if you're predicting the, the next big man in the 2020 class to pick Kentucky, took an official visit. Everyone is sort of, 
viewed Kentucky as the leader since then. Um, and he's a teammate of one of the guys you're studying. Is that right? Yeah, I just sort of took a, um, I put it out to, to the people who, who follow me. I was like, hey, what would you think if I did something on LaMelo Ball? And you really, you, it really seemed like I brought up like gun control or Trump. Like that was the reaction from some <laughs> right. people telling me what I can and can't do. It was really, really funny. I was like, dude, seriously, it's just a basketball player. How but, dare you empower LaVar Ball by yeah. ever talking about one of his children? I will not put another dime in that man's pocket. <laughs> That's kind of how some people feel. They get that angry about it. But if you read between the lines lamella ball can play but i will say this this happens sometimes when you whenever you're watching players somebody else will just distract you like you can't stop watching. it's like dang that guy is just really like and it, it yeah. can be a little counterproductive sometimes and another thing about watching some of these teams is like finding especially these prep teams that ch- change year to year trying to find like an accurate roster i watched eight Spire Academy games and I was under the, the impression that this guy he I was under the impression that he was someone else and then I saw I finally saw an actual box score from the Spire game and I was like oh that's Isaiah Jackson and uh, I was under the impression it was this international kid and <laughs> yeah and uh, I had, had totally had the wrong kid but I like him he's he's like a springy athletic uh, he runs a ton of pick and roll with with Lamelo Ball. Um, he's has a little bit of a face up game. Um, he's he's physical, decent passer in the short roll. Um, I I like him. I, I think he's. I'm not sure who I would really compare him to that Kentucky has had in the past. Uh, I would also say that Spire Academy is almost unwatchable like yes. it seriously is the equivalent <laughs> of being waterboarded. I really don't know how these college coaches do it. Like. I really don't know what context they're watching Isaiah Jackson in because it is just so hard to watch. Like, uh, I found I found myself rooting against Spire because I just despise their their type of basketball so much. They basically just press and press and press and try to create turnovers and easy buckets, uh, and the rest of the time it's just like ISO ball and it's exactly it's what hard you to would watch. But yeah, if you said like. Uh, make up a name of what sounds like a made-up academy created just for Lamelo Ball to do whatever the hell he wants. Uh, well, surprisingly, like, <laughs> he's not the worst defender. Right. Like Lamelo's saying, not. Like, it, it fits like what you have in your mind, though, of like a, a school being shadow controlled by Lavar Ball. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I, I mean. It, it is amazing because Lamelo really isn't. Uh, that's what I've kind of found through this is he's not even the worst defender. I would say Rocket Watts really is the kid that's going to Michigan wow. State. Uh, Boy, that'll just, that'll go great for with Tom Izzo. I mean, Izzo will handle that with total uh, <laughs> with with total calm and ease. I'm sure he won't blow a gasket at all. Yeah, he'll uh, he'll work that out of him. I'm sure like a Bronco at some point. But he, um, yeah, Watts will just pound the ball and and uh, i mean he's a good shooter but uh he he really can get stubborn about his own offense uh lamello surprisingly just kind of floats around just kind of cruises but isaiah jackson um a kid that i like i, th- I think that he would is he 2020 yes yeah he, like i said he'd be the other big man that they feel probably pretty good that they could get in this class i think that he would pair pretty well with uh with with Lance Ware, uh, in terms of like Lance Ware's strengths and weaknesses, I think that uh, uh, Isaiah Jackson's definitely a guy that can get in there and uh, dirty it up. He's he's he, and, he, and a good lob catcher. 
he could be productive under Cal, I would say. I, you know, as you talk about him, too, one thing I would point out is, and, and direct people to notice in this recruiting class, they are not recruiting a traditional center. They're not, they're not even in on anybody that you would say this is like your standard five-man, certainly not Cal Perry's standard. Um, I think one that tells you that Cal is getting a little more comfortable in moving towards something that resembles more modern um, they have just elected not to go after some guys that they could probably get if they wanted a traditional five man. Um, the other is, I, I, I think he's also settling into a comfort level with it. Make maybe it makes sense to go get all these long athletic guys at all the other positions, and every year just go get a muscled up grad transfer to be there as an available five man. Um, and I think that's what we're going to see. I, I mean, I really do. I think. If they have a traditional center going forward, you know, I mean, if they get Hakeem Olajuwon out there somewhere, they'll go get him. But um, I think a, a lot of the time going forward, they're going to focus on get guys who are six six through six nine that are interchangeable that can play uh, a skilled brand of basketball. And if they need, if they feel the need to get uh, a traditional five man, it's going to be a graduate transfer who looks like Reed Travis and Nate Sestina. Yeah, the the muscle part of it is important, but I think the biggest part of it is just that, like, laterally, you know, Reed was just where he was supposed to be. And whenever he was hurt, it was really, really noticeable quickly yeah. because, you know, he could, he could, he's not a rim protector, but he could ank- positionally anchor a college defense, like, just be in the right place. Well, yeah. And he's that- strong enough that he, if coincidentally, also, if he's just in the way, uh, he's he's a formidable thing yeah. to move. Yeah, yeah, and I shouldn't under, I shouldn't have undersold the vet. like. It's not just the muscles; like it's the brains and the brawn. The fact that you've got a, a twenty one or twenty two year old guy who's played four years of college basketball, and they're already talking about it. Like just seeing it with Nate, that he is. Cal said the other day that Nate talks more than anybody. You know, and they love that. Like he gets people set up, and Reed did that. And when they when he was out, they really noticed. You know, they could feel it that it was it, that it wasn't there. Um, so you get that too. So I mean, there, there's clearly been some shift in the recruiting philosophy um, of big men for sure, um, and we're seeing that there. So that's that's interesting that Jackson sort of, when you watch him and you've studied him a little bit, studied him a little bit, fits the mold of of kind of what they think they need going forward. Yeah, he's he's a versatile guy. I think that he could give you some rim protection. It seems like he can step out and stretch some. I don't know how much Cal would let him do that, but uh, he could shoot it a little bit. Um, so it's it's a funny thing you were talking about. Uh, you know, Sestina talking. People just underrate that, like how valuable communication is. Just uh, I, I was listening to a thing that Luke uh, Yaklich, I think is how you pronounce his name, who was the uh, guy who basically came in and just made over Michigan's team defense a year ago. The guy's just basically considered an X and O defensive genius. But he talked a lot about how one of the first things that he does when he comes in is he focuses on the language of defense because he always he says that it's amazing what these young guys the vernacular that they don't know. So, you know, a, a big part about of being productive in any situation in work or whatever is just that you get your communication down. So he comes in and makes sure that the guys know all the terminology, where it fits into what they do and things like that and uh you know, Rick Majerus said that uh, the best defenses are loud, so it doesn't yeah. surprise me at all that uh, 
that Nate Sestina would would be good at that. So yeah, right. and Cal Cal said he had a quote that he he said he told he gathered a team up and showed them. Uh, I guess it was maybe some like mic'd up footage or something uh, from an NBA practice. And it was one of the you know best defenders just like telling him like let's talk, let's over talk. Um, and and Cal Perry said he told him. Uh, if you aren't willing to talk, then get familiar with the letters YMCA because that's where you'll be <laughs> playing. You're not you're not going to make it in the NBA if you don't talk on defense. And I thought that was a I thought that was pretty interesting. He's really focused on that. It was probably PJ Tucker. I wouldn't be surprised at all if that's who it was because he's he's one of the better defensive talkers in the NBA. And if you just watch him, man, it's just constant. It's constant, constant talk. Um, and yeah, it's important. Really, really important. And you see it out of veteran teams. A lot as well. So uh, you got anything? Uh, you got anything bacon? No, you don't. You don't. I don't. You're, I'm you're off relaxing. This week. Yeah, yeah. Well, as you know, I have a big, big thing that's been cooking for a while that I'm going to get back to and finally, finally finish off uh, early this next week when I jump back into it. Um, and I'm excited about that. It's a story I've been working on for really a couple months, off and on. And uh, I, I can't say more, but it'll be. I would say it's something you won't find anywhere else about Kentucky basketball, and I'm pretty. Uh, proud of it so that'll be coming soon excited to see that i've got some stuff coming up here soon you can follow me at at j kyle man on twitter and you can follow kyle at at kyle tucker underscore ath on itunes if you give us a five-star review and leave us a review that's really good for our uh it it helps our visibility it's going to help our numbers so if you want to do that feel free we would love it so uh we'll be back at you tomorrow do a little more previewing of the football game and uh you know what you just relax you enjoy something go see a movie by yourself Uh, and have a good one. We'll see you next time. You are Locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.